If you love Arizona small school basketball, don't miss out on our Patreon. Here you can get bonus exclusive content that you cannot get on the podcast weekly. It's in our link tree. Go check it out. I promise if you're an Arizona small school basketball fan, you're going to love it. Here we do deep dives on teams, players, games, anything you can think of. It's a little bit of a different vibe. Don't miss out on your chance to join the small ball army. What is up, Arizona high school basketball fanatics? Welcome back to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, small school basketball. Here we talk about everything in the small ball scene. We cover scores, coaches, teams, and players. As coaches in the Valley, we understand that these teams don't get enough attention, and our biggest goal is to change that. We're here to keep you guys updated on everything small ball and ignore everything else because... Honestly, Arizona small balls is better than everything else. On our show, these guys are the stars. It is Monday, January 9th. Reyes is here with me as always. And I feel like we should probably start this podcast episode out with talking about a matchup that took place that we've been blowing up ever since the summer, Reyes. Holbrook at Valley Christian. This was a game that we had highly anticipated. You had Holbrook ranked number one in your preseason poll. I had Holbrook as my favorite to win the whole thing in the conference for the 3A. And this game was not as... It didn't have the turnout that we thought it was going to have in the summer. And I'm even just talking about competitive-wise. Valley Christian gets the win at home, 81 to 50 over Holbrook. Reyes, are you surprised? And what does this mean for Holbrook moving forward? Should they be concerned, or is this just a really good team that they played? I think it's just a really good team that they played. I don't think they should be necessarily concerned. They, I shouldn't say really good team, the best team in the 3A. I did mention that Valley is, I did say that. So, okay. yeah, I, I think that's kind of, we'll get into Valley's record this past week. Mm-hmm. They took some names down. Um, I'm not necessarily worried for Holbrook at all. I know they were kind of hurt going into that game. Um, but that, I mean, 31 points. Hold on now. No, don't do that. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying. Come on now. Tyler, Tyler Tapaha played. Whole game? Uh, for most of it. Yeah. I think he went in like midway through the first, maybe second. And he was in for most of it. He looked good. Looked good. So I guess my question is, what was Holbrook's biggest struggle during that game for you? So Holbrook's, I should start by saying this too. It was a packed house. There was people sitting on the end lines. It was, you always say this, that res teams never have an away game. And that always kind of annoys me, but it really felt like that. Every time Holbrook did something that was good or positive or Riley Christian did something negative, mm. It felt like we were at a home game for Holbrook. I mean, it was crazy. And Valley does a great job packing the house, too. And they did. Their student section was hopping. It was awesome, you know. It was just a, you know what, it felt like a playoff atmosphere. Mm. That's really what, it, it made me really excited for February, you know. But it was a very playoff atmosphere. And here's the thing, Holbrook came out firing. I mean, they they went up, I think it was like, might have been 7 or 9 to 3 or something. And then Valley Christian really rallied and they were able to come back. The biggest struggle for Holbrook was offensively, you know, and obviously defensively towards the end, but 
That's weird to say that offensively, Holbrook struggled. Yeah, well, their offense, they were running a lot of that dribble weave stuff and mm. some on-ball screens. They did go to that old high post scissor cuts that they oh, did years ago, yeah. like Holbrook or whatever. But they they really, honestly, most of their dribble drive was limited. It was very east and west. Uh, and they really struggled to get north and south getting into the lane. Well, they are in the east region. Right, right. There you go. That's good. I like that. But, I mean, they really struggled to get into the lane Valley Christian started to adjust to their dribble drive stuff and they started to defend it really well. And Valley's just got some athletes that they're really able to defend out on the perimeter. And I mean, for me, when I think about Holbrook, obviously, hey, your your pick, Quentin Thomas, he had a good game. He had a good game. He, he went off a little bit. Did he have 30 of the 30 points? No, he did not. He did <laughs> not. But he had a good game. Uh and Noah Brown did some decent things too. And and so does Brandon Tapaha. I think for me, when I think about Holbrook, I think this is a great game for them to kind of gauge where they're at because I think they need to think about this is the second game that they've played with a high level defense like Valley Christian and Fountain Hills. And both both games uh, in this game, they scored 31 and that game against Fountain Hills, they scored 31. I mean, I'm just saying, I think Holbrook, they're great players. And you know, me and you love Holbrook, I think, more than anybody. I mean, Holbrook is love awesome. Holbrook. Love the Roadrunners. But I think that they need to think about how to attack these types of defenses differently. Because what they were doing, they really had a hard time with. And it wasn't really super effective. Uh, but what do you think this means for Holbrook moving forward? I mean, I, I don't know. Are, you, are they still your favorite to win the conference in the 3A? And you can change what you oh, previously that is said. A, that is a hot take. I definitely don't want to like just step down from Holbrook. I think they learn and they build back. Um, I kind of go back to us last year where we were on a hot streak. We met Valley in a tournament. They beat us by 20-something points. And then after that, we just went on a tear. Um, now, obviously, you know, we got bounced by Holbrook. Mm-hmm. But I truly believe, you know, if we would have taken care of business like we should have, we could have possibly saw Valley in that state championship game. I, I, I really liked our odds. Um, so I think Holbrook has definitely had a chance to really just kind of hopefully coach Delmar does a really good job game planning, figuring out what's the issue going on when they do meet a high level team. Obviously Valley Christian size may have been a factor because they, their length and their athleticism was different on the perimeter. Cause they're, cause they have the ability to, to sag a little bit when it comes to that dribble weave since they're so long and athletic. So when Holbrook does try to drive into the lane, they're able to get the toe-to-toe a lot easier. They can just use their length to deflect passes. Um, they're able to close out on shooters because of their length and their athleticism. I don't know what this means, honestly. They're sitting at four. I don't think they dropped too much. I still like their chances. You know, there's still a long season for them to get better. It's just I think Holbrook's – well, I can't even say their schedule's weak because we're I mean, we're gonna talk about a little bit about the East, but yeah. I don't know. I'm not gonna change I don't know. I'm a I'm gonna ride strong with Holbrook. Call me crazy. I know everybody is. <laughs> but I I don't know. I just like the upside. I think they're gonna figure it out. I'm not saying they're gonna win the whole thing right now, but all I'm gonna say is they're gonna figure it out and they can possibly make some a deep run to the playoffs mm-hmm. still. And I think what you're going off of is we have seen what's in them. I've seen it. We've seen it. So I get that's that's kind of what you're going off of. So, you know, something that was you talking about defense and athleticism on the perimeter, you know, they did that dribble weave thing. And the reason they had such a hard time getting north and south instead of east-west is 
you're you're switching you you know Luke Shaw's guarding you then you switch on to Greer super long and tall then you switch on to Austin Wallace who's who's big and strong and long and athletic I mean all these switches it wasn't really giving them any type of an advantage you know so it was hard for them. I will say Valley ran some really good stuff. They ran some good stuff out of some UCLA screens. I think one of the best actions that I saw them do is they did like a UCLA cut and then they'd get the ball entered into the high post from like the elbow mm-hmm. and they would either turn and attack off the elbow. You've probably seen this before as you yeah. watch them or they would turn and look for somebody down in the post. It was just a really good action that I thought was they got some good stuff out of it. Here's my question for you then. Does anybody compete with Valley? Like, does anybody compete with them at all? Yeah, I I think because we've so far what we've seen, like I said, we're gonna talk about their week. They've been they've been coasting right now. Let's just be honest. Yeah, yeah, they're they're killing it. They're coasting right now. I don't even think was Grant Woods in that game. I don't think he was. No, no, no. He doesn't come back till next week if I'm not mistaken. Around there, yeah. He wasn't playing though. I don't know. It's. I think Coolidge can challenge. uh, I like Coolidge. Coolidge can challenge a valley. And I think Scottsdale at full strength can challenge a valley. You you think so? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they could. Okay. What about Fountain Hills? Oh, Fountain Hills could for sure. How did I did not? I forgot them. Yeah, they could for sure challenge them. Don't sleep on Fountain Hills. I'm not. Trust me. I didn't know about the Falcons, dude. Everybody does. Everybody knows about the Falcons. But Valley Christian did some really good things offensively. They also ran some good flex action too, and it wasn't exactly flex, but it was like flex like. They got some great looks, and and I felt like this too. Valley Christian was able to get much cleaner looks on offense. Holbrook, I mean, almost every shot they took, it was just tough shot after tough shot, you know, mm-hmm. or rushed quick shots. Valley's shots just seemed a lot more wide open and a lot more just relaxed and calm. They forced Holbrook into a lot of tough shots, and they also got a lot of offensive rebounds, which really helped them as well. So, um, yeah, again, Valley Christian beats Holbrook 81-50. to 50. They beat them at home in front of a packed crowd. Uh, I, the crowd was chanting something at some point, and I could not figure out what it was, and it re- is really bothering me. So if any of you fans are listening, I, I would love to kind of hear what that was because I just I love hearing when crowds chant things. Valley Christian's next game is tomorrow night. Uh, they play Pima at home, and I can – man, I don't know. Let's just take a second and talk about Pima, though. Well, before we talk about Pima, because we're going to talk about them too because they actually had a – pretty good week they did let's talk about let's talk about valley's week first and then we'll transition into okay I got team. You. go ahead go ahead so if you look at Tra- uh, valley christian's week they played the number one team in in our rankings respectfully obviously santan charter sitting at number one right so the for obviously the fans that know we obviously consider tournaments and a lot of other situations that reason why our rankings or whatever so let's just go, i don't know what rancho's ranked right now currently they are ranked number three so let's just go off of that Okay. But in us, they were number That's one. probably going to change by tomorrow, though, because rankings will come out. Don't they come out every Tuesday? Yes. Are they come out every day? They maybe come out every day. I don't even remember. Anyways, I think it's Monday through Thursday. Anyways, Valley made a statement game. They went into Rancho. At, no, Rancho went into Valley, and Valley put it on them. 83 to 43 just really wasn't much of a game. I think they got hit in the mouth pretty early on. And usually, like I said, when you play a Valley, if you can't weather that storm, that first three to four minutes of a gauntlet, what they're giving you, good luck. Um, They can just shoot the ball so good. That was at the end. Holbrook was competing okay with them. But there came a certain point when they just started to get some transition threes and kick out threes, rebounds, kick out three. 
And I mean, there's just, it's like a 15, you add 15 points onto whatever it was previously within like two minutes. And it's like, oh my gosh, they just have the ability to put up points super quick. And I could imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, because like we've been following Holbrook, but I haven't really been able to watch them like as much as I wanted to, but their bench is not as deep. As a lot of other teams, no, it's, it's, it's just the core group that they got, and that's what yeah. they ride with. That's what they ride and, with. But that's what makes them so special. Um, like I said, anyways, they take care of Rancho by forty. They take care of Globe, which Globe's actually been a really competitive team in this three-day conference. Competitive, yep. I think currently, yeah, they're ranked number thirteen, which is respectfully. I, I like how Globe's competing. They did lose though. They go on the ALA Ironwood. They take care of business seventy-three to fifty-seven, and then as you mentioned, they beat Holbrook eighty-one to fifty. So you look at those teams. You beat number three in the 2A. You beat number 13 in the 3A. I think ALA was number nine mm-hmm. in the 3A. And then you beat number four. Their PowerPoints are about to be through the roof. And, and yeah, their PowerPoints will be going crazy because, as we know, ALA is a good team. Rancho is a right. good team. And Holbrook's a good team. And so is Globe. Right. But those three teams that I mentioned, they're going to win. Besides yep. losing the Valley, Rancho's going to keep doing what they're doing. And Holbrook's just going to keep doing what they're doing. Unless – Right, we'll get into that, but no, I know what you're saying. You're right. You're you're super right. I know it's it's crazy to see, but yeah, as you mentioned, tomorrow. Well, hold on. You just reminded me of something too about the. Now, this is the last thing we say about Valley Christian. Then we're gonna move on. ALA Ironwood was a home game. Holbrook was a home game, and I really believe this. And and we preached this to our kids last year, and and we preach it to our kids all the time. Really great teams, championship level teams. They win on their home court. They defend their home court. I saw your tweet. Valley Christian from I did this like at four in the morning. I don't know why. I just woke up and I was. I just <laughs> wonder how many home wins that they've had. You know what their home record is. Do you guys realize what we're doing for you guys? I and realize it. It was literally. I was like four in the morning. I was like, man, you know what? I'm just curious. I don't even know why. You know, I'm sitting in bed and I'm like looking through my phone. Since 2014, 2015. Valley Christian is nine. They have a record of 93 and nine at home. That's unbelievable. That's tough. I mean, that is single digit losses at home in almost the last decade. Aren't two of those to Gilbert Christian? I'm sure a few of them are, but I know one of them at least is. I know one of them is too. So, I mean, I just, I wanted to say that I, I really believe he can go on the road and win. Obviously that's important, but really good teams take care of business and it's hard to win in their gym. And that's true of Valley Christian. So just want to say that. Okay. You can keep going. Um, Tomorrow they play the Pima rough riders who Pima has actually kind of been surprising us a little bit. Every uh, year they do this, dude. But it's do, funny. Do you realize this every single year, every year I feel like Pima is, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, maybe they don't look as good. Maybe it's because they don't look as skilled. I we just said that in our Patreon. We literally said that about about Pima that yep. I think that they shouldn't be number one at all or whatever. And here Pima comes out and beats Snowflake, and Snowflake was playing so good, and they just beat Monument Valley. You know, like I I just I never know. I never know what to do with Pima because they're just so confusing to me. Like they always find a way to compete. These kids are just competitors, and you gotta love it. I no, I absolutely love it. And we're going to talk about this matchup later on in the episode, but they do they do play Valley. But let's just talk about Pima's week. Not as impressive as You realize they've only lost two times? Pima? Yes. They've um, only lost to... A 6A, Campo Verde, Campo Verde Rock Canyon, and Colorado. a school from Colorado. And that Col- remember, we looked at that Colorado school in Col- uh, Max Preps, and they're a very competitive And team. Campo Verde, it was like a 10-point game. And I'm Campo sorry, Verde Campo. in the 5A is number one. <laughs> yeah. So I'm okay, just so I'm just telling you what we just said. Pima's legit. I mean, they're 
They are. And they're there. It, it don't matter. They're, they are there. And, and I hate and I hope there are some Pima fans listening because as I said, every year we don't count you guys out, but it's, it's the same thing. I think I think this is what gets me. I watch Pima and they're not as skilled as other teams. And because they're not as skilled, and I and I compare that to like a ranch or I compare that to in the past to Scottsdale Christian, the two A. Phoenix Christian, Highland Prep, whatever, you throw somebody, Santan Charter. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I don't think they're the same caliber. So then when they get matched up against a team like that, I always, my brain tells me you need to pick the other team. But they just find a way to compete, dude. And they find a way to pay to win. It's awesome. And it's, it's it's frustrating because I always, I can think of three times where I've bet against Pima and I've been wrong. And I've probably owed you a burrito for a couple of those. You know, you, Yeah, so. you have. Um, so like I said, very fun matchup. We'll talk about this in the next segment. So we'll go ahead and kind of move on to the next couple of games that we saw over the break. Um, what was another team you saw over the break? Oh, but hold on. Pima's got back to back Santa Rita. Who's not good. Sorry, Santa Rita. I didn't mean to say that Santa Rita who they you should, didn't, you they, didn't mean to say that they should be able to take care of business against Santa Rita. And then they go the very next night tomorrow night and they go play Valley Christian at Valley Christian. Yeah, so, but no, I kind of like that little tune up game for Valley. Get ready because Valley's just coming in. They're going to practice, do what they need to do, game plan. Obviously, they have a really great coaching staff to be able to do that. So does Pima, though. So I'm kind of curious because I think these two teams kind of do match up well as far as Mm -hmm. size and athleticism. I said we'll get a little bit to that more later. Um, But, yeah, I mean, a very fun, highly touted matchup. You got number one in the 3A versus number two in the 2A. So let's just talk about this, though, because, see, I already see my mind going to a place, and the years is probably going there, too. Who do you have winning this game, Pima or Valley Christian? You're, I think you're leaning on Valley. I'm going to rock with Pima on this one. Call me crazy. I am going to call you crazy, I but like, it's probably going to be like I wouldn't like. I, I, I like chaos. My head makes me feel like, and I hope all of our listeners, you guys can feel this, right? In my head, I'm like, well, it's going to be like a 30-point game. Valley Christian's going to torch him. I would not be surprised, though, if it's like a, a 10-point game. You know what I mean? Because Pima just finds a way to compete. Pima the computers. Pima computers. They get after it completely. Um, man, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of other good good games. Um, another team I did want to mention before we just head into a couple of the games that you also watch is Benjamin Franklin. They've been competing um, good. Don't let the record fool you. They're right now, they're mid, like five and five, but they're ranked number 12 because this team is very competitive right now. In the 3A, they're hanging with, they're hanging with a lot of teams. Santan Charter, they barely lose. Um, they what was the score for that one? Uh, 79 to 61. Okay. Uh, they played Gilbert Christian to a close one. They beat Northwest Christian. Uh, they barely lose by four to ALA Ironwood, and they bounce back to play ALA Ironwood on the 13th at mm-hmm. Benjamin Franklin. So it's just back-to-back. Boom, right there in there. So that's actually a very fun, interesting game. I have seen that, though. Ben Franklin has been competing pretty decent with some teams. Fairly well, dude. And so I just kind of like wanted to highlight that a little bit. Um, I think Johnny is over there at Johnny Magnus is doing a really good job just kind of making his teammates uh, or his players compete really hard. So just want to give a shout-out. Okay, so let's talk about Rancho versus Highland Prep. I got to watch this game. You did watch it. And I was really excited about it because you got these two high-level programs in the 2A both that have championship aspirations, and they met at Rancho Solano. This was a pretty interesting game, and uh, I do want to say this about Rancho. They got some really great stuff out of the high post. That, and the, the thing that really separated Rancho from Highland in this game is Rancho's defense. 
They switched a lot between a man and an extended, super aggressive 2-3 zone and also some full court pressure. And Highland Prep really struggled to get into a rhythm against that stuff. Mm. And, I mean, you know, with an aggressive zone where that's trapping and it's it's baiting you into taking some shots, Highland Prep struggled to, to hit shots from outside other than Cohen Hill. Cohen Hill was able to get going a little bit. He hit some threes. But everybody else... They were having a hard time connecting from three. Rancho's, I'm going to say this. We talk about Holbrook and their passing. Rancho's passing is above average. They do a really good job. I'm going to tell you this right now. If you're listening to this and you're playing against Rancho or you're game planning for them, do not play them in a zone where somebody can just, a big man can just get in the middle, especially in the full court. Because, I mean, Ramos just gets in the middle and he's a great passer. Mm -hmm. And he can put the ball on the floor too. So he can turn and attack and make a decision out of it. He really put some good pressure on that defense. So I would really advise against doing that. And Rancho, he got some good stuff out of that. But their passing is above average. It's not just Ramos. It's their guards as well. Highland did put some pressure on, and, and they started to get some decent things out of it. But all in all, I thought that Rancho handled it really well. Rancho's defense, I'm going to say this about Rancho's defense, it might be one of the best defenses, if not the best defense I've seen in the 2A. Whoa. Over Santan Charter? Over Santan Charter. It's different. Santan Charter was very aggressive and effective. High tempo. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Rancho was... I know, because Santan Charter can be disciplined, too. Rancho's was just a little bit different. Um, It was just a little bit different. But I think that Rancho's... It might be the best defensive team that I've seen in the 2A. I mean, it just looks like that's kind of their M.O., because they're not like the same level of Rancho that we've seen in the past mm. with like their size and like crazy athleticism, but they are very disciplined and they do a lot of things really good. I, my Our play of the week this past week was an example of a lot of their high post action. You know, they pass it to the wing, their scissor cuts off of that, or they pass it to the high post. And then you got some screens coming in on that strong side for the three. So the Rancho shot the ball better than Highland did, but still not amazing, but they shot the ball good enough. Uh, to, to get some separation. Interesting. You know what's crazy? They only have six games left this season. Rancho, I was just looking at that. They only have six games left, as a lot of teams have, like, you know, a couple other games going on. Um, Yeah, that's a really good – that's a huge win for them. Obviously, Highland Prep, you know, go back to the drawing boards, figure it out. Um, I think they'll come back better. Um, I like Rancho in the two-way as far as, you know, just making a little statement. Even though they did drop one in the Valley, they still had a pretty impressive weekend or a present week. Um, I'm just curious as far as the ceiling. Obviously, they're contender for the two A. Um, who are your top four team? Who's your final four predictions? Or I shouldn't say final four predictions, but as of right now, wait, what are you thinking? Like just the four best teams in the two A. You got to put Santan Charter in there. Rancho. You got to put Phoenix Christian in there. You're not gonna put Rancho. And then I'm gonna put Rancho, and then against all of my gut. I'm going to put Pima in there. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think those are the the top four right now. Now, I'm sure I left one of those teams out there. Um, Highland Prep would have something to say about that. PCD would have something to say about that. Obviously, Arizona Lutheran would have something to say about that. We catch like, a lot of heat from them. Hey, Rancho plays Arizona Lutheran next game. Is it this next week? I believe it's All right, next. we're going to see. We're going to see. They play January 12th at ALA. It's at home, so I'm really excited about that one. Right, do they? No, the 17th. Uh, January the 12th. 17th. Oh, am I looking at the wrong team? I think I am. 
It is the 17th. The 17th. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, it's January 12th. What are you looking at? No, ALA plays Trivium the 12th. That's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm talking. We're talking about two different things. Oh, I, I I'm know, talking about we're talking about Trivium and ALA. So, so but I'm me, just talking about Rancho and ALA. So let me put some let me put some context on this for those of you guys who maybe don't know this. Okay. We posted our, our picks for the region winners and we picked uh Trivium. Trivium prep to win the region over ALA. And it was the first time that we've ever had someone dog us for something that we've picked, whether it's a top ranking or a pick for a game and uh, a bunch of the ALA kids hopped on. And, and I'm just going to say this, the clown emoji was used a little bit more times than I'm comfortable with, but we're, it's okay. We hey, got, we're clowns, but we got thick skin. We can take it right. Thick skin. And thick. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, keep going, keep going, keep going. So yeah, I'm just excited for that matchup because I just, you know, I, I'm not saying that I'm rooting against ALA. I, I love both teams. It's always kind of nice when they make us eat our own words. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do kind of like that. I kind of like I that. But uh, it's just going to be interesting because of all the noise on there. Because so. Trivium, they mean, don't get don't don't get it twisted. Trivium's outspoken too as well. You know what I mean? They are too, and they hopped on a little bit. They hopped on a little bit funny. as well. Uh, the two teams are kind of going back and forth at first. Mm -hmm. So this game's a very anticipated game for us. It is. Um, ALA plays Trivium at Arizona ALA. Lutheran. Yeah, it's a home game first January. 20th. And I think those teams match up really well with one another. That's this week. God, I don't know. That's a that's a fun one to watch. Okay, let's move on to the last game that I want to recap. And I don't have much to say about this, but I, I do think it's important that we talk about this, especially in regards to the one. A Snowflake was playing against Saint David. This was at Snowflake. And I predicted that Snowflake was going to win this game. We had talked about this on Patreon. And I was correct. It ended up being about a 10-point game. I think I predicted it would be like a 13-point game. So I was pretty close on that. Here's the thing. Snow, everything I said on Patreon pretty much happened, which is funny because that rarely happens. But it did in this case. I said if Snowflake is able to put some really good ball pressure on St. David and get into transition, they're going to really do a good job in this game. And St. David's going to have their hands full. Snowflake did that to a T. I mean, their ball pressure was super effective. At one point, they went up in the beginning of the game, like 17 to 6 or 17 to mm, 4. Yeah. And St. David was just really out of sorts. Now, they calmed down, and they ended up, you know, settling into their own. But here's the thing. So, Snowflake beat St. David. We've already talked about Snowflake, so we're going to move on from that. I want to talk about St. David, though. Let's talk about St. David. St. David is obviously in the 1A, and I think right now... They are number one, number two in the AZ Preps rankings. I am taking a look right now. They are number one in the conference. So, obviously, that's going to drop. Yes. And I think that the biggest thing to, to think about with St. David is they kind of reminded me of, like, a Pima. Ooh. Big. They were long. Not as big as Pima, so don't get that twisted. But they have like four or five kids. They're like six three, six two. They're long and really strong, athletic looking kids. Not overly skilled, but skilled enough to get some good stuff done. Sure. I I just think that like when I compare them to a North Valley, I thought they need to work on some things in order to really compete against a North Valley. So I don't know. I'm just kind of curious of where they're going to fall in the rankings after that, and and what this means for contending in the one A. Because I still like North Valley, but the thing is, is 
And Matt, I know you probably saw this. Maybe you didn't, but you know, I did. Like, there's some really good teams in the 1A. Um, I mean, like, Salome just beat Fort Thomas at Fort Thomas this past week. Which is a huge win. That's a huge win. I mean, there's um, Lincoln Prep. They played, they had a great game against Gilbert Classical where they won in overtime. And then the very next night, they played Cicero Prep. You know, that's the big anticipated matchup. And they competed super great against uh, Cicero Prep. You know, it was a really close game to the point where I think they could probably get them next time. Because I think they play them again, right? Yes. They play them two times. So, I mean, I just feel like the 1A is extremely competitive. And and I still think that North Valley is the favorite and the safe pick. Like, if you had to put $1,000 on it, I would I would pick North Valley. But there's a lot of other teams that are going to have some stuff to say about that. Well, and I was just looking at the rankings right now. So, St. David lost to Snowflake. So, they're going to drop. Hayden is going to be number one. I'm saying that right now. They're number two right now. They're going to jump to number one just because Hayden did beat Mogion. Mogion mm-hmm. drops. Bobo goes to Where was Mogion previously? Three. There are three. Bobo's four. Bobo and North Valley haven't lost. So I think Mogion and St. David. I think Bobo goes to Didn't didn't Bobo they had a close game, didn't they? They had a very close game with the Gregory School. That, hey, and let's talk about this for a second. 52-50. Hey. He's back. Vince Edward, he's back. Don't call it a comeback, but he's back. And do you see how different the Gregory School is competing there? So now that you see that, I did. So the, I'm just saying, dude, so the, the Gregory Gre- School. So the Gregory School. For those who you guess who's back, guess who's back. But for those of you guys who probably forgot, Vince Edward has been out pretty much since the Epic New Year's Tourney Classic. I think even before that. He was out. He's been out this whole season, I think. Well, that's what I'm saying. He hasn't came back until I think Duncan. Sure, that that was his first game. It was Duncan. He played Duncan. They get a win, 45 to 39. They play a very tough Bobo, and they barely lose by two. I'm just saying. And then they bro. go to San Miguel, you know, 73 to 16. I'm telling you right now. Don't call it a comeback, but I'm telling you right now, the Gregory School. Don't be surprised if they finish in the top 15. They're they're coming. I'm just saying they are coming. Vince Edwards is a man amongst boys. Um, but it's going to take obviously a lot more than just Vince Edwards, but obviously with him, that's just a huge pick-me-up for the Gregory School. Um, but I I think Hayden goes to number one. I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow Bobo is number two, North Valley could be three or four, and then St. David could be three or four, and then Mogion mm-hmm. goes to five. I can see that. I can see that. Um yeah, I don't. I mean, the one is pretty. It's interesting right now. It really is. It's very stacked. Um, like I said, Salome takes uh, takes down Fort Thomas. Cicero Prep is riding strong at number ten. Desert Christian at number eleven. Um, hey man, I'm just gonna give us a little pat on the shoulders and a pat on the back. What for our rankings? Obviously, for the guys that are listening, we're not gonna continue our rankings because AZ Preps have brought theirs out. You yeah, guys I know, you guys don't really care about ours. You care about the official ranking, so we're just going to defer to that. Yeah, because obviously these rankings matter more as far as like tournament placement. But we're going to talk about them still. Um, hey, our rankings weren't bad, man. All right, our rankings were good. Pretty yeah. spot on. I'm just, I'm just going to say that, guys. So, anyways, Jeff. No, I know. And even even 2A rankings were, were good, too. Everything. 2A, 3A. Yeah, My only disagreement is I, I know you love Santan Charter and Coach. Grooms don't don't me. don't say what you're about to say. Come on. They haven't lost a game yet, bro. Yes, they have. PowerPoint play. They haven't lost a game. So you can't. PowerPoint play. I know, but you have to understand the algorithm, though. It don't, right. It's a computer you're system. Gonna, I wouldn't say it. Right. Thank you, man. My gosh. No, the biggest thing that I disagree with 
on i guess we could talk about this let's talk about it i think well actually you doing bisbee should we do should we do another segment where we talk about this we can talk about the rankings another another time maybe on a patreon episode okay so or maybe just for another episode we'll let, let's you know what we're going to talk about that on patreon if you guys want to tune into our patreon we're going to talk about the biggest winners and the biggest losers of that first rankings that have come out uh, because some of the ones are kind of head scratchers some of them really make a lot of sense but we're going to talk about it on patreon if you never check that out it's in the link in any of our social medias go check that out you're going to love it we're going to preview some games here but before we do Check this out. To kick off our matchups of the week. I love that. Right? I know you that love that. Good. I know you love that. That's why I wanted to kind of get some fire under there. Um, to kick off our matchups of the week, we're going to move on to Tuesday. Obviously, today, there are some really great matchups, but we felt like Tuesday was a really vital matchup. Florence versus Coolidge. Florence at Coolidge. Ooh. It's a big rivalry game. Big rivalry game for the Bears and Gophers. Now, in the animal world, Bears eat Gophers. Do they? I think so. I mean, they can, obviously. They I don't can. know if it's a part of their diet. Have you ever heard of a Gopher eating a bear? I have, actually. Maybe. maybe. I'm not kidding. Here, you, you talk about the matchup. I'm going to look up to see if a Gopher is in a Bears natural diet. Ooh, okay, yeah, do that. Um, So, this matchup is actually very fun and star-studded. We got... Two teams. We got you got the number one or no Coolidge is ranked number two, right? They're in the top five. Oh, they're number five. You got number five Coolidge versus number eight Florence. And Coolidge has Carlos Coronado and they got Gant. And then you got Florence over there with Farley. Now this game and this matchup is very interesting because you have two teams who are undefeated, ready to make some noise. Um I'm both teams have had great moments throughout the whole season. I think so too. I think Coolidge has a root. I mean, probably one of the best dribble drive offenses in the state. Uh, I'm kind of curious to see how Florence's defense will be able to match to Coolidge's high tempo, up paced in the transition. But then I guess my question is can Coolidge stop Brandon Farley? For sure. I think that though they, here's the thing they have people that can defend Brandon Farley. Brandon Farley's still going to get his. You know what I mean? It's not like Brandon Farley is like the 6'11". Do you, you think know. Do you think Brandon Farley gets over 20? Oh, yeah, I think he does. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the bigger question is, can Florence limit the dribble drive attack and, I mean, the inside play and just the overall play of Braden Gant? Because that's a much bigger... That's a much bigger thing to deal with. And they don't really have a big does, that can match up with a Braden Gant. And that's very true. So does Florence look to zone? Do they look no, to zone? no, I don't think so. You don't think so? You Dude, think Coolidge would tear that up? Cool. They're not even tear it up. Coolidge is high volume shooters, man. They're going to shoot the ball. So. Well, re- regardless, they're going to shoot the ball. But if you just let, know, but you're but if you, but if you just let Braden Gant eat, someone's eating is what I'm saying. And I'd rather it be. You either live, have them live and die by the three, or would you have the, you for sure know that Braden Gant's going to get his in that triple drive? He's going to get his, regardless. Yeah, I think so. But um, yeah, that's it for. But yeah, they um, I don't know, man. I yeah, I think that Brandon Farley's still going to be able to get his. I also think Coolidge is going to be able to get theirs. I've got Coolidge in this matchup winning, and I got them winning by at least twelve. I got it sixty to seventy two. Uh, Coolidge winning at home over over Florence. I'm going to go a little bit closer. I think it's going to be like a 60-65 game, but I do have Coolidge winning as well, and that's just purely off the animal food chain. So speaking of that, 
Now, let me just say this, okay? The the veget okay, so bears are called omnivores because they eat both plants and animals. A Florida black bear's diet varies. This is black bears, but usually consists of 80% plants, 15% insects, and 5% animal matter. Mm. Surprised at that. The vegetative part of their diet is made up of grasses and leaves as well as mast. Hard mast is the fruit of forest. Okay, I'm losing you. Okay, I can see it. Um, they also feed on insects, wasps, bees, termites, and ants. Here's, here's the big part. The small meat portion of their diet is things that are dead or play dead. Armadillos, opossums, and that's all it says, are mostly obtained from scavenging. So gophers is not included on that list. I guess the question is, what type of bear is the mascot of the Coolidge Bears? Is it a black bear? Is it a grizzly bear? Is it a polar? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. Hey, we're so sorry. But I'm sorry, y'all. We, we, we go on these little rants because it's kind of interesting to know the food chain. Um, it is, kind of. So, anyways, I got Coolidge winning this game. I got him winning by 12 over Florence, but it's going to be a great one. I mean, this matchup is always super fun. A lot of high-powered offense in this game. A lot of two, like I said, star-studded. I think this is really great for both teams. Um, this is going to say a lot about either or. Who, I guess my question would be before we move on is, if Coolidge lose, who does this hurt more Who if whoever loses a Coolidge by far okay yeah so I and the reason why is I don't know I might be wrong in saying this Coolidge has aspirations to win a championship they've been planning for that like that's just kind of where their heads are at I don't know if Florence has had that same mindset all the way through I mean maybe they do you know what I mean but I think Coolidge is looking to be there at the end. And I, I mean, I know every team would be, but I think that they Coolidge, were there. They were there last year. They were there last year. And I think they have higher aspirations to get back there. You know what I mean? And they have more gumption to get there. Determination. I don't know whatever you want to say that, but I mean, Florence is, is just as gritty, man. I mean, I, I love Florence, their players. Coach Silvas does a great job there. I just want to look at Coolidge really quick in their shooting because they are high volume shooters Man, they're shooting 28% from three as a team. So, I mean, that's why I say they're high-volume shooters. But do you see – but they tend to be streaky. But that's what I'm saying. They're 28% as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, Braden Gantt, 24% from three. Um, Nelson is their highest percentage three-point shooter. He's 38% from three, but he's only taken eight threes. What about Coronado? Um, Coronado is 24% from three, he's 11 for 45, and then there is one other kid. So that's why, see, and that's my question. Like, that's why you're like, what? Because I understand they're a very high volume Madrid, team. 37% from three, he's 34 for do you guess how many threes this kid's taken? How many 92 already? I told you they're high volume shooters, but I mean, they make a lot, and that's what I'm saying. As Florence, do you take the risk of zoning them? You know what I mean? So, and this is like the all-time question of coaching, right? Do you take the risk of going into a zone and let it, because there's a chance that they get hot and it's just crazy. And there's also a chance that they don't hit and and they're off. But the thing about Coolidge is they have other things that they can go to other than their shooting. They do rely a lot on their shooting though. So that's definitely something for Coach Silvas to think about. And it's it's going to be interesting to watch. Maybe an extended uh, 3-2 or something like that. I, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Just something to give them another look just to run the shooters away but like i said at the end of the day you're gonna live and die with that three sounds sure. like by coolidge so sure. but like i said i do have coolidge by five okay all right um the next game 
we're going to move on to Thursday. And this is a very big You're skipping one. over Wednesday. Yeah, we're skipping over Wednesday. I'm just putting you on the hot spot because I, I said that. I said hey, skip Wednesday. Okay, you, go ahead. you said skip Wednesday. Um, I'm going to go backwards here because the magnitude of these games. So we're going to cover Salome versus Desert Heights. Um, this is at – I don't know if this is at Salome or Desert Heights, but two good teams. Salome right now is number nine in the conference, and Desert Heights is number 12. Um, mm. Two very good teams. I was just looking at Desert Heights. They got two kids right now currently averaging over 12 points a game. You got Paul Hanny, Hanny. You say Henny? Hanny, Hanny, like not Hennessy. No, I was gonna say what? And then I don't even. I'm not even gonna try to attempt Femi. Okay. Femi, Femi O. They're both averaging 12 right now. They're leading uh, Desert Heights Prep. They've only have two losses on the season. They're currently six and two. Who are their two losses to? They're Desert two, Heights. Desert Heights two losses are to one to North Valley. And the other one was to Apache Junction. What's the score spread of that North Valley? That North Valley game was pretty rough. It was 78 to 30. Oh. Okay. I'm just gonna put it out there. Um, they did lose to Apache Junction of 56 to 48. Um, they did get a good win over Sequoia Charter, which if we're being honest, Sequoia Charter has been a little bit of a disappointment this year. They have, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I'm just gonna call it what it is. I thought, you know, them moving down was gonna be great for the conference. Mm-hmm. Clearly hasn't been. Yeah. It is what it is. Um like I said, that they looked to face your Fighting Frogs, and your Fighting Frogs did pick up a huge win over Fort Thomas this past week. They're riding high right now. They're right. rolling. They're currently ten and seven right now. And like I said, don't let that record fool you. Uh, fool you because in the regular season, I forgot what that actual record is. Sure. Um, I got Salome in this one. Obviously, you know I love Salome. I got Salome in this one though. I got him winning by about. I don't know. I got him winning by fifteen. Um, I from what I think, I think Tito Calderon might be coming back too, if he's not already back. So I'm um, I'm excited to see that. I feel like Salome is trending upwards. I got them winning. This is also a home game for them too. Salome, please bring back the band. I'm just gonna say that. Bring back the band. I like that. I don't really know who I'm a rock with here. Honestly, this is a very kind of up in the air for me. It'd be kind of interesting. I mean, look at even just the score spread of how Salome played against North Valley. That is true. I know matchups are different, but that was a 25-point game, and they didn't have their best kid. Now, North Valley was also missing a kid as well. But, and what was the score spread with Desert Heights? It was like 50, right? 78 to 30. So that is, that's like 50. Yeah, that's like 47, 40, 48. 48. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I think Salome has a little bit more dog competitive nature in them, so I got them winning this one. By how much you said? I got it by 15. I am going to go ahead and rock with your fighting frogs. I always love it when you rock with them. Only when it's genuine, though. Not when I feel like it's forced. It's not forced. Okay. But I don't think it's by 15. I think it's by 8. Okay. 6. Salome <laughs> by 6. Okay, good. Let's move on. Let's move on. Another game on Thursday. Thursday is kind of loaded with matchups. I actually like, uh, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just the AIA or, I mean, obviously it's the ADs kind of scheduling. For whatever reason, they always do a good job scheduling Thursdays as, like, the loaded matchups. And if we didn't mention your game, obviously there's a lot of games to be mentioned. But like I said, we just felt like these games were the ones to be keyed in on. Sure. Um, a fun game for us, Phoenix Christian versus Phoenix Country Day at Phoenix Christian. Man, that's a good game. That's a very good game. You got Jerkins and the pretty good, honestly, disciplined guard play from Phoenix Country Day against a very high-powered, 
very up-tempo offense in Phoenix. Christian with Tommy Randolph. You got Bryce Anderson. Uh, what's his name? Jerkins. Jerkins, Bryce Anderson, Randolph, and whoever else PCD has as a guard. That number three kid. You remember? I just forgot his name. I don't so, remember. You know what I'm talking about, though? Yeah, I know you're talking about. The little lights-out shooter. Yeah, he's um, good. Good little player. Um, these two teams are finally going to meet each other, so I'm very excited for that. Um, if you want to talk about why you think I think you have Phoenix Christian into this game. Why do you just keep putting words into my mouth, dude? Because I know you. Who are you going to pick? You're probably going to pick PCD, right? I don't know who I'm going to pick. Say, call me crazy, boys. That's what you're going to say? I wasn't going to say that at all. Okay. I want to say this. Phoenix Christian hasn't lost at home this year, and I don't think they're going to lose to PCD at home. That's the only reason why I'm going to rock with you. Not just kidding. I think that, and I think that they kind of, I think they run away with this one a little bit. I agree. I think it ends up being like a, I don't know. I think it ends up being about a, like a 15 to 20 point game. Mm. Closer to 20, maybe like 18 points or something like that. You, so. look at, you look at the resume between these two teams. Obviously, Phoenix Christian has faced a lot more firepower. And you even look at the point spread between the Highland Prep. When Phoenix Christian beat Highland Prep by two. And then when Highland Prep beat uh, PCD 72 to 34. Mm. I'm just saying. So... I guess I have PC, like I said, running away with it. I think it's over 20. Yeah. Um, but like I said, yeah. So I just kind of wanted to cover that game. No, and PCD just played Trivium, and uh, PCD beat Trivium 57 to 48. We know what Phoenix Christian did to Trivium. So just want to say that too. Okay. I like that. Um, and then we want to, speaking of Trivium, on Thursday, the biggest matchup. For all the clown emojis. Because mm-hmm. we're clowns. Because we're clowns, and this is on the line. Mm-hmm. ALA Lutheran versus Trivium Prep. You know, if we were some dirtbags, as you like to say, we should make this thing spicy, and we should make a bet with some of those kids. We should We should make it. We're gonna but make we're it. not going to because for everyone listening to us, we are not adults that make bets with high school-age kids on games. That's not appropriate, and we don't do that. But if it was, I would like to do this thing. I would love to put a burrito on it, but we can't. Yeah. We can put a burrito on it for each other. Yeah, we'll do it on each but, other. So who do you got in this matchup? Obviously, you got Steph Ironshell. You got Noah Draper. They're rebounding the physicality of ALA. The athleticism to ALA, but. But you got the athleticism, the the, the pressure, the shooting of Trivium, the up-tempo, all that. I mean, the swagger. I mean, who do you think you got in this one? If Trivium can figure out a way to stop Iron Shell. Now, I, I want to remind you, too. Hold on. I, and I interrupted you, but I want to remind you. Everything that all the, the heat that we got from ALA, that was really my pick. I picked Trivium. You rocked with ALA. I did rock with ALA. You know, so we just decided to do one hey, thing. So we just hey, did Trivium. We're, we're together, man. Not like we're like together. Pause. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I just said what? We just rock together like that. You know what I mean? So we're the pod. That's what that's what we do. So we 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 rock with Trivium. So, I mean, ALA, I did not sleep on you guys just so you guys know. But like I said, at the end of the day, we're rolling. This is going to be fun. So are you rolling with Trivium on this one? That's what I'm hearing. I don't know who I'm going to roll, to be honest with you. I think my question is if they can stop Stefan Ironshell. That kid's a very talented guard. Mm -hmm. He can shoot the ball very well. He can get – he can honestly create a lot for himself. Um, But what I did notice is if you throw some junk at him, and you just face guard him, he is not eager to get the ball. Mm. Maybe he, things have changed, though. Maybe things have changed. Um, I hope they changed. Um, let me ask you who you got. I think you have Trivium. I know I'm putting words in your mouth, but I think you have Trivium. I got ALA. 
Whoa, man. Give me ALA on this one. It's at home. It's the first one. They're going to be really fired up. I still think Trivium is going to win the region. I'm going to stay on that pick, but I think ALA wins this first matchup. Well, it's not fun when we disagree. Well, I mean, it's not fun when we agree. Is that what you were going to say? I was going. I thought you were going to say Trivium. That's why I put it. I'm going to go ALA just because of the same reason. It's at. It's at home. ALA's been here, probably hearing the noise a lot more than Trivium has. Honestly, because mm-hmm. we've been we've been doing a good job, just kind of boasting Trivium. Let's just be honest. Oh yeah, they're gonna be fired up, dude. They're, they're both ready to be pretty for. fired up. I hope that our Patreon blows up because we're gonna cover that on Patreon. Okay, that's what we're gonna do. Thanks for telling me that. Now you're welcome. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, they they do match up very well with one another, though. Um, I think the pressure could get the ALA. See, I think I almost disagree with you on that. I think that I think ALA's struggle at the guard spot is not necessarily handling the ball. I think it's shooting the ball consistently from outside. Mm. I think they can handle some pressure, and they have great athletes, you know. They do that. Well coached. You're really well coached. I just, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be a really good game. I do got ALA in this one, but I think I think they're going to split. And then I think it all depends on who can win out, and I, I think Trivium will win out. So Well, just so you know that you got some incoming clown emojis after we make our post today or tomorrow or, no, Thursday. Thursday, Thursday. Thursday because yeah. Thursday game. Um, So that's Thursday's matchup. So just so that you guys can recap what we talked about, Tuesday, Lawrence and Coolidge, uh, we both have Coolidge. Thursday, we had Phoenix Christian at – no, PCD at Phoenix Christian. We both had Phoenix Christian by – 20, Trim ALA. We both had the Coyotes. Is it going to be a close game? Oh, yeah, it's going to be close. Point spread. Um, Give me give me ALA by seven. ALA by seven, and I think it's like 60 to 67. I like that. Okay. And then we had Salome versus Deather Heights, and we both rocked with Salome, the Fighting Frogs. They continue to keep fighting to stay in that top ten, which I really do appreciate. Now, insert drum roll, please. We got Friday. Friday has been the matchup, the talk of the town. Just like another matchup we've been talking about, like Holbrook and Valley Christian. This is Valley Christian, Scottsdale Christian. Mm. This is a very... Where is this at? Is this at Valley or at Scottsdale? It's at Valley. Okay. Which... Because they played at Scottsdale last year, so that makes they, sense. They played at Scottsdale last year, so now they go to Valley. We know these two teams very well. Gosh dang, I'm going to have to pay again to watch this game. I had to pay to watch the last one. Did you really? 50 you, bucks. What do you mean? You have to pay to watch on Valley Christian's thing. On YouTube? It's like not YouTube. It's it's like their own streaming service you have to pay. Well, I'm just going to say this right now. If any Valley Christian people are listening, you better hook it up with that link. That'd be sweet. Come on now. Breaking dude. the bank right now. It was five bucks. It wasn't 50 bucks. <laughs> hey, five bucks is a lot. Five bucks is five bucks for a teacher, podcaster, coach. You know what I'm saying? Slash entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> okay, no. so this is at Valley Christian. This is at Valley Christian. Elijah Williams is back. I saw him playing against Wickenburg. We did know that Elijah Williams was back probably about a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just resting and get, building his stamina back up from what we heard. Yeah, they, they were able to – this is funny. This didn't feel disrespectful, but it did. So, Scottsdale's obviously in our region. We were playing against them, <laughs> and we heard that Elijah Williams was healthy, 
that he was cleared, but they wanted to make sure that he was good for, you know, other games. So they rested him for our game. And I was like, wow, that shows the confidence they had that they don't, they're not going to play our best player against these guys. So they were right. Do you Let's think, just say that. Do you think Elijah Williams is the best player on Scottsdale Christian or Jacob Weber? <laughs> hey, that is, I don't know. That's dude. a hot seat question. Well, I mean, he played against Wickenburg and he had 40. Realize what you said. Repeat what you just said. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that Wickenburg is amazing, but he had 46, he had 52, he had 24, and then he had 40. Like, I'm just going to say, I don't know this. I'm just going to say that Wickenburg probably just played them in straight-up man or maybe, like, just a 2-3 or something. It looked like they played them in just straight-up man, which I think is crazy unless you have really good man defense. So... Yeah, I mean, which we both who's know better. I mean, I think it's probably I don't know, dude. I gotta see this matchup one v one. I don't know. I don't need to see it one v one. It's all about who's in game. Well, I know, but I mean, I've seen Elijah Williams play. He's good. He's a good player. He's not as like Jacob Weber needs the ball in his hands. No, no, no. I wasn't gonna say that. I say it. Jacob Weber is like like a mad dog. You know what I mean? Like, he touches the ball, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to shoot it. And he's good, you know? Like, he's crazy. Which I always say that the more dangerous a pit bull is, is the pit bull with no leash. He ain't got a leash on. He's Coach Anderson lets him play, which makes him very dangerous. I love it. Elijah Williams is a little bit more composed. He's not like that. He lets the game come to him. I think he has a really great feel for just being a freshman. Weber's Weber's going for it. He's developing. It's fun to watch. No, I don't even mean that as a negative. That's just how he plays. I love it. Like, when we played against him, he got a sliver of daylight, and it was like, boom, and he knocked it down, dude. That's true. I mean, whenever he was open, he hit it. So, I mean, he's a great player, man. It's fun. He didn't answer my question, but that's okay. We'll move on. Um, These two teams actually – I don't even think they match it really well. Yeah, I think I think as a whole, Valley Christian's better. I think I'm gonna go give my prediction. I think Valley takes care of Scottsdale. Okay. I really, I truly do believe that because you look at just the matches. Valley has has numbers to throw at Scottsdale. Yeah, they can throw anybody at Jacob Weber. And as far as taking care of like that's a handful taking those that, that dynamic duo down. But I guess you can throw that trio because fan. Um, I guess yeah. if you're Valley, I, I guess if you're Valley, you have to like you know limit fan from driving into the paint. I would give him the shot. Okay. Live, let him. I mean, I would live with him shooting. To be honest, and that's no disrespect to fan, but I'm just saying like you could make an argument about fan that he is the most athletic point guard in the three A. I think he's a very tough point guard. He is sneaky athletic. I mean, you see how he rebounds the ball too. He gets up, he rebounds, he gets in the lane, he's strong. Seth fan genetics. He's more, though. I think he's better than... I don't know if he's better. Ooh. He's more athletic. One-on-one. On one. He's more athletic and he's stronger. Like, I, I think He's he... a lot... This is going to sound really weird. He's a lot more of like a physical specimen than his brother was. His brother was not as like strong as he looks, at least. Well, the... His brother was a better shooter, I think. And his Way brother better was better all around. But I just I don't know. He, you can make an argument that two, he is the most athletic point guard in the three. Two different systems. Yeah, I might make that argument. Is he the which? Give me a point guard that's more athletic than Fan. Carlos Coronado. There you go. <laughs> that was so bad. Shut your argument up. So shut up. I don't know that he's hey, that much hey. more athletic than him though. Oh, Mike, we're not. I'm not gonna entertain this at Luke. Are you kidding me? 
Stop. You're. I, I think Fan might be more athletic than Luke Shaw. You're bananas. Maybe. I'm so sorry. Luke Shaw's really athletic. I'm not saying he's not athletic. I just think Fan is a little bit more. I guess we'll see. I guess we will see. Luke Shaw's going to get a dunk and be like, ah, it's more athletic. You know what's crazy? Scottsdale's number 10. Yeah. Well, um, a big part of that is. And we uh, did talk about that. But a big part of it is Santa Fe Christian. Yeah. But no, we did talk about them going to number 10 when the AZ rankings come out. Uh, under the table. Yeah, that was behind closed doors. Behind closed yeah. doors. We, we thought that they'd that. be we'd be lower on there. But it's it honestly reminds me of like a rancho thing where rancho went off and played some of those bigger schools that were like out of state and they lost, you know, and it is what it is. So um anyways, you got you got Valley beating Scottsdale here. I do got Valley beating Scottsdale, even though because it's at Valley, first of all, I think they have enough bodies to throw at Weber and Elijah Williams. I think you can throw one of the Greer brothers who is pretty solid if Valley goes into a zone, which they probably might. They'll probably will at some point. I wouldn't be surprised because I didn't particularly think Scottsdale shot the ball fairly well um, okay. overall as a team. Okay. That Jacob Weber kid, you, like I said, you give him a sliver of daylight, that kid's knocking it down. Good. That's just it, it is what it is. I think I got – let me say this. Do you got Scottsdale? I got Scottsdale on this one. Whoa. Give me Scottsdale. Whoa. They are a different team when Elijah Williams is there. with Elijah Williams. He brings a different dynamic. He brings a different swagger, a level of confidence. He just changes them a lot. And, and I'm not even just talking offensively. I'm talking defensively, too. I like him a lot. So He's athletic. He's long. He can shoot the ball fairly well, too, mm-hmm. as well. Yep. He can space the floor. You have those two spacing the floor. I just think value overall has better shooters and better guard play compared to Scottsdale's guards. you got to think mm-hmm. about it. You take away Luke Shaw, you have the Greer brothers. Mm-hmm. Take away them, you get that four and five man that can sp- shoot the ball too. When Elijah Williams comes back, he changes their team. And I got Scott still winning this. Sorry, you talking about when Elijah Williams is back. You're saying that Scott still is the best team in the 3A? That's kind of what you're saying. That's I'm pretty- just saying I think they're going to win. No, that's pretty much what you're saying, though. Just, I'm not saying they're the best say, team. Just say it. I'm just saying I think they're going to win. I got them in this matchup. That's totally two different things. It's not. Just because they're playing the number one team does not mean that I'm saying that they're the best one. I'm just saying that I think in saying. this matchup, I think they're going to win. By how much? It's close. I mean, last year was like a five-point game. I, I give it like a maybe seven-point game, maybe less than that. Even like Scott a still game. did have Valley beat, though, last year mm-hmm. until Caleb Shaw just that is true. turned the switch on. Sounds like the championship game. Cool, Adam. <laughs> Godly, they had him. All right, let's move on. Arr. Um. Anyways, that's our matches for the week. Um, all of them. That's it. Okay. Um, is there anything else that you want to say before we get out of here, or are you good with all that? I'm pretty good with all that, but I do want to mention, like I said, fellas, fans, army. Like I said, this is your general speaking. Obviously, I only say this on the Patreon, but like I said, if you haven't enlisted, enlist now. Like I said, we're going to be producing a lot more bonus content. I know we've been kind of not necessarily sleeping, but like. We've been a little, we took a little barely. We were in a hibernation a little bit. We're gonna post more content now. We're about to really get after it, especially as we head into playoff territory. We need to get a, a, our social media manager. He was a little bit, you know, he's a little busy. So he was a little busy. He's he's a dirtbag. He's, <laughs> he's just a dirtbag. Let's just let's just call it what it is. He's a dirtbag. We we might fire him, but that's okay. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll but figure it out. join the army. And like I said, guys, just be ready for these matchups. Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning into the Arizona Small Ball Podcast. Uh, make sure that you check us out on Patreon. Uh, make sure that you like and subscribe. Follow the show wherever you listen to it at. And uh, while you're there, make sure you write us a review. You know, we love those five-star ratings. Thank you guys so much for your support, and we'll catch you guys next week.